0: forever
1: Welcome back to the Gods to Ghost Volleyball Podcast and your host, Scott Bemke, for part two of our interview with Oscar Digger Graybill. Let's pick up where we last left off in part one with the Digger. All right, we're back here with Digger for part two of our interview. So Digger, let's uh, pick up where we left off.
0: I just wanted to reflect a little bit more on Marine Street, that's where I was... Uh got introduced to volleyball and then I played volleyball and the the big idea of trying to get onto the orange court. You know, relationships that I had at Marine Street and friendships that uh, are memorable. And when I think of people who were the most memorable, of course, at Marine Street, immediately Mike Cook. I mean, he ran the tournaments there. He was a fixture. He was a full-time uh, English teacher for years at, uh, I think, Sarah High School, and then moved over to Maricosta. Uh, but he would come down during the summers, and he was usually the first one there, set up his uh, his umbrella and uh, invite people to play cards. And he was an excellent volleyball player as well. He was a strong double-A player. Uh, but just a great guy, just uh, you know, embracing new people who would come down there and kind of uh, mentor them, and he mentored me. And so... Uh, uh, fond memories of Mike Cook. and Like, didn't he have just
1: a wee tiny little bit of success as a high school volleyball coach there? Yeah, the yes, yeah. Yes. I mean, he,
0: he, he left Sarah High and then came over and, and led uh, the boys' teams to, I think, multiple uh, CIF, if not state yeah. championships. Uh, yeah, so he had great people to work with, and those players had a great coach, so it was a wonderful combination.
1: Yeah, I'd say arguably the the most successful and greatest ever. So lots of uh, beach champions and uh, Olympians and everything in between out of, uh, from Mike Cook.
0: You know, he he kind of took me under his wing uh, the best he could. Uh, I wouldn't get under many wings. Uh, but he, <laughs> he uh, you know, when I got my A with Dennis there in the 1971 Marine Street Open that I talked about before, yeah. and I, uh, on the trophy uh, that we got, he turned it over and he wrote, digger gets his triple a yeah so that was really cool you know and so i have my trophies in a a plastic tub down in the basement that sometimes i will Get out just, just to look and remind
1: oh, myself. Uh, come on I now. Was a
0: contender, you know? <laughs> so,
1: come clean with uh, me. You got those all lined up right across your desk at home and you're looking at them right now. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's,
0: that's, that's not my style. No. Oh, I forgot. I thought I was
1: talking to bogey Okay, my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well,
0: that's interesting because I remember uh, in Manhattan Beach when I was. Uh, going off to college and I had these prokers and I, and I threw them all in the trash can. My mom said, you go
1: get those. <laughs> you know, You're not throwing those away. I so, said, oh, okay. It done. always amazes me that uh, some all you guys, like, uh, I can't tell you how many people I've heard, like, either threw them out or lost them or they got divorced and their ex threw them <laughs> yeah. in a dumpster or <laughs> lit them on fire yeah. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, fond memories of my cook, and I hope
0: that uh, you know he would volunteer to do a podcast, and he
1: could add a lot. Yeah, to the history. I, I've heard a lot of great things about him, and um, you know anyone that can put up with Butch May at that Marine Street mixed open for all those oh. years, um, <laughs> he's got to you know keep Butch in line without enticing yeah. him with food is uh gotta gotta have uh some stones so yeah i would definitely look forward to chatting with him he's a an encyclopedia on the sport too by all accounts
0: yes yeah and then uh next on on my list of uh of memories are of course mitch malpy and john gonzalez you know they're just sort of inseparable in my mind and jeff boyer and i when we were kind of you know hoping we can get to the orange court and we finally got got to the point where we could uh you know challenge and play them and lose 15-8 it just feels stoked (laughs) that we even got points off of you know and uh so and they were just you know great competitors and just great models to look up to. And
1: didn't they finish second in the Manhattan Beach Open in 1970 to Von Hagen in Bergman, I believe. Uh, yes. That was, uh, and I, I've heard uh, Mel P. and Gonzalez were that, one of those types of teams. They weren't overpowering on offense, just had phenomenal ball control and could dig teams off the court. And Johnny Gonzalez was that sw- sweet swinging lefty, and Mel P. was that tough-as-nails uh, uh, yes. shrapnel you, marine, right?
0: You got that right, yeah. Uh, it was interesting because on old-school volleyball there. Uh, somebody put uh, a picture of a guy doing a cut shot and the guy i think of is john gonzalez he had a wonderful cut shot but both of them could just dig nails you know and it's just so fun to watch because it's almost like there wasn't a ball that would come over the net that they didn't touch you know? so um, <laughs> they, they were amazing amazing and then you know so some other guys were a single A, double a players again jim smith and stan stoetzel and John Stimfig, they played down there all the time, and uh, Boyer and I would, would battle and compete against them. And then some, uh, some older veterans, Bob Conrad and Ken Peterson, and they were good indoor players. And a guy named Doug Miner actually uh, played down there, too. He was a football player who, who kind of took up volleyball. And, of course, Spike Bortz, uh, that's where I got sort of uh, uh, the chance to meet him and later on play with him and George Brakel and his brother Sam Brakel. You know, they, these are just memories that, that, when I think about playing at uh, Marine Street. And there's a guy named Dick Shoemaker. He was actually a, a, a TV uh, announcer that mm-hmm. would uh, work in the local uh, shows on ABC or NBC uh, in LA. Yeah. And then Joe, Joey Ager and Dick Akers. Um, and Dick Akers was about 6'5". He was a good basketball player and he took up volleyball. and. Uh, just a really fun-loving guy who <laughs> was really really good okay and then and then a name that not many people remember if you're a Marine Street guy maybe during that era you remember Terry McGillen. Uh he was a double-A player and just a cool guy that played a lot and then there's you know Kevin Post and Paul Safferty and Eric Macias and Tom Snell and um, and then Lawson played with with Bob Levy I can't remember Lawson's first name but uh, he played there too so um, and of course, there's Duncan McFarlane and Bill Wardrop, and uh, and actually, there's uh, somebody w- was telling me I don't quite remember it, but that uh, Pete Bethard
1: and his brother Bob Bethard would come down to play. no you know, sure, Bethard, the great uh, GM uh, yeah, from yeah, uh, Diego uh, the, in the Chargers. Fame, yeah. Know, so, and, and Pete, you know, was a great player
0: at uh, a quarterback at USC too. So.
1: Wow. Now, John Stimpig, there's a really amazing photo that I've seen in one of Artie Kuvian's books. I don't recall who the photographer was from back then, but uh, I, it's, I love the photo. You can just see his back, and I think he was a fireman like Captain Buzz Swartz there in the South Bay Area too, correct? And yeah, then, uh... I, I
0: think so. Yeah, and a great guy. Yeah, I mean, I, when I think of Stan Stolso, he played a lot with the, uh, with Fig and so they, they they were a tough opponent. And, and then, of course, there's Fred Featherstone, uh, the uh, older brother of John Featherstone. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk to him about uh, about him a little bit later. I mean, he was he was a strong double-A player and uh, very feisty, and uh, <laughs> he knows a lot about volleyball. You know, so. He was uh, a guy that took a lot of photos, too, and so I think the fo- a couple photos I've sent you uh, uh, came from Fred.
1: Yeah, and so Fred this, was uh, was like white lightning. White lightning. I heard he was uh, one heck of a sprinter back in the day in high school and in college. He could uh, run with, he was super fast.
0: Yeah, it was interesting because uh, he can talk a good game, but he can play a good game, too. Uh, and... and he shared uh with me like i think it was his senior year he ran track of san diego state and he qualified for the nationals and he got his lane assignments and he was right next to oj simpson <laughs> in,
1: the, in,
0: in the 200 meters or something and i think uh fred pulled his hamstring and had to had
1: to back out but uh, I mean, that's the level of athlete he was yeah yeah so that's saying something right there yeah, Must have been guys. something in the water there in the South Bay, I guess. With all you guys, <laughs> you know, you're all like these stud volleyball players and athletes. Uh, yeah, I was born in the yeah. wrong place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and that's why I you know have memories of those guys. All those guys, you know, push you but be good, be good guys, good competitors, and and turn out to be good friends as well.
1: How neat! Well, that's some great history from that area there. I'm sure you're gonna. Um strike a lot of chords with people's memories with that one there digger yeah, wait, wait yeah. A, way to dig well, deep, deep digger <laughs> yeah
0: dig deep no, i'm the digger i'm the digger that's right well uh and, and then i think about you know my transition I, and i talked about playing co-ed volleyball at uh, el camino and that was a great experience with mm-hmm. you know chris rogers and jill taylor and just uh you know the people i played with um and it was at that time I was on the team with George Brakel that he invited me to come and play on their USVBA open team. Okay. It was it was sponsored by Players Liquor Store. I don't know if Players Liquor Store, I think they, they may have
1: bit the dust like Max Liquor Store did. Once you moved out of town, they did. <laughs> exactly. <kidding there. laughs> So,
0: uh, so so George invited me to, uh, on that team, so we started going to USGBA tournaments, and great players on there. Bill Wardrop, who ended up playing on the national team, and maybe he was even on the Olympic team. And Mitch Valpy was on the team, John Gonzalez, Ken Peterson, uh, Pete Field. And so we would play uh, in tournaments. And, and here's an interesting story. So I am like 19 years old, so it's 1969, and they had a players uh liquor store uh from Pete fields arranged a trip to mexico to play against some mexican teams and so he had me fill out had my parents fill out a waiver that it was okay for me to go you know at that time you know you didn't need a passport i guess i had to get a visa or something i can't quite remember Mm -hmm. but we we went down and we played my memory has it that we played against the national team, and if not the national team, a, a real tough team. And it was in a gym that was not air, uh, no air conditioning, and it was just <laughs> really hot. But we played in a couple of different locations, and our second location we played in Tacati, Mexico. And we went to Tacati. We drove down there. They knew we were coming. And they gave us a with the sirens going, a police escort going down
1: the main street of Takati, and (laughs) which is this is kind of
0: wild. And then we got to go to the Takati Brewing. Place and they walked us through, and we got to see that. And so, ever since then, uh, occasionally it's not my favorite beer, but occasionally when I'm uh, nostalgic, I'll go get some uh, Tecati, uh, and drink that because that, that was a rare experience.
1: Oh, my goodness! I don't know, I'll, I'll never look at that beer the same way again after that story. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, huh. so it was cool, it was cool. And, and so, we played, uh, and that's where I, I you know, started to kind of hone my skills uh, indoor-wise, because I was always a beach player, and watching those guys play, because I, I would come off the bench, uh, and Malpy would be setting, he'd be yelling at me, put the ball away, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sergeant. <laughs> I'm trying, <laughs> bitch, I'm trying. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so that was fun, and, and
0: that got me to think, okay, so... where where do I want to go to college because I'm uh, going to El Camino I'm going to graduate in the spring of 70 where do I want to go and I thought okay well UC Santa Barbara sounds good but my grades weren't good enough to go to UC Santa Barbara so and my friends were wanted to go to San Diego um, Mm -hmm. so I ended uh, going down to San Diego State and kind of walking on uh, down there and uh, so um, That was like the transition from Manhattan Beach to San Diego, and uh, that was, uh, you know, a big move for me, and uh, it was a fun transition as well, because when I got there in the fall of 1970, we're living out in Kearney Mesa, which is inland in San Diego, Mm -hmm. uh, in an apartment, but then we went down to the beach and said, we want to live down here, so... uh, (laughs) We had four of us, and we rented an apartment, twenty eight fifty four Mission Boulevard. I still remember, uh, and it's still pretty much intact the way it was. Even what though about the prices that? are much more, because at that time we paid one hundred and fifty dollars a month for the rent. It was two bedroom, one bath. So I paid my uh, portion was thirty seven fifty a month
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> to live right down at the beach yeah so that was great and then I, we go out
0: go out to the the sand and realize there's not even a volleyball court here how do we do that so we had to go to the the parks of recreation so i went down and made an application and made a little presentation and we're able to get uh courts out there on coronado court that are still there to this day
1: how neat Now, oh, oh. so anyone that's playing down there it was uh, digger uh, that got yes. that done and go check out that apartment. Um, did that have a red light on it too? Like your place in <laughs> El Segundo? Is any no, of the PTA parents the time, complaining there too?
0: We wanted <laughs> to fly underneath the radar. So, uh, no red light. You you
1: learned your lessons from high school is what you're telling me. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, that yes. a boy. So that, that was a, a fun transition.
0: And, um, that's where I played on, um, I walked on at San Diego State and played there in the 71 season and the 72 season. 71 season, um, Duncan McFarlane played on that team, John Holmgren, um, Rich Payne, uh, Randy Geyer, Yamamoto. uh, I mean, various people uh, played there, and we uh, had a decent season. And then in 72, uh, Duncan, Left the team, Duncan McFarlane, and he went to play on the national team. And so he did that. And so we played in 72. We uh, beat UCLA in the regional finals in Poly Pavilion uh, that qualified for the nationals that were going to be at Ball State. And then we went to the nationals and got to the finals. We were up. Two zero, the best of five, and we lost in five. But but I got over it. I, I really did. Uh, I don't still think
1: about it. Got, oh, a few tacatis will do that for you. They will help you get over anything. We, we lost uh, in five. Oh no no no!
0: I got past that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like so many people, you just go, oh gosh, if we could do that again, maybe I could put that ball away. You know. So anyway, uh, that was. That, that was a fun experience. Mm. And then, um, at the years that I was playing by NC2A rules, the rule was you have five years to complete four years of uh, competition. And so I played two years, uh, or actually, the clock starts when you get into college. Okay, so I started in the fall of 68. So by the time I got down there, I had three more years. And so I played in 71 and 72. And I chose not to play that last year in 1973. And so people say, well, gosh, Digger, you could have been on that national championship team. Yeah. Yeah, I could have been. But look at it this way. Duncan played middle blocker. I played middle blocker. He came back in 73. I probably wouldn't have gotten much playing time
1: because
0: <laughs> <laughs> Duncan's back, you know? So, uh, and really, the reality of it is that. I didn't come, come for money. I had to uh, kind of start my career. So that, that last year in 73, I went into the teacher education program and got my teaching credential, and, and I started uh, substitute teaching and, and got a job at Hoover High School uh, in like 75 and uh, ended up uh, teaching there for 17 years. So I kind of had to start my life. So volleyball had been really great, but I was just ready to move on. Uh, so that's, that's how that happened. I could have been a contender. I <laughs> could have won, you know, been on the National Championship team uh, or not. Uh, so that, that sort of transition there. Did you have yes. any
1: interactions with the Lion, Chris Marlowe, or the Big Sigh as they like to call him, when he was at San Diego State?
0: Yeah, we did have, have overlap. Uh, uh, the, the second year in 72, when we got second, Uh, in the NC2As, he was on that team. And Milo Beacons was on that team. Wayne Gracie was on that team. I was on the team. Marlo was on the team. Randy Stevenson was on the team. We had a good team. Uh, And uh, so we ended up up getting second. But an extension, of that was interesting because we went back to Ball State, and that's where it was held, and Don Shondell, I think that's how I pronounce his name, was Mm the coach at Ball State. And uh, after the tournament was over, he got representatives from all the four teams that were there and said, Hey, I have a registration complete and we have a place to play in the USBBA open tournament. That's that's happening in St. Uh, uh, Salt Lake city. But, um, I need people to fill those spots. How many of you would be interested in, in going and playing there? Marlo raised his hand, Gracie, Milo beacons, raised their hand. Uh, i raised my hand and so we got on this team and we went as the ends 1972 nc2a all-stars um and we played there and we ended up getting fifth uh in the nationals and uh, th- that was really a fun experience and it turned out that we played against uh mitch malpy and ken peterson a lot of the guys who i played on the players mm-hmm. uh, team uh, so that that was a, a rare experience and uh you know you called nc2a all-stars i mean i was not an all-american i was not selected as all-american no we just called ourselves all-stars so
1: <laughs> do you remember which experience. team ended up winning it that year like a chuck steakhouse or uh you know a about rigger club or somebody along those lines <laughs> yeah
0: i mean it, it could have been chart house you know uh and so that's it was kind of the de facto national team yeah. you know when i talked when i talked to, to duncan mcfarland and he talked you know we, we did not qualify for the olympics and and uh, it's just kind of common knowledge that the funding for the national team wasn't all that strong and so they kind of struggled and so chart house had stepped up and uh, you know said okay we'll be the sort of de facto uh, national team before you actually have to go to a know, qualifying tournament for the Olympics, then you have to be represented by the United States. And that's when the United States stepped in. Sure. Anyway, uh, that that was a, uh, you know, a fun experience, especially fun because I have memories now of uh, Salt Lake. And I call my dad because, you know, they're not going to fund it. So I said, Dad, you know, blah, blah, blah. I got, I have a chance to play here. And he actually sent me money. So I, I got to, uh, you know, travel and be part of that. I many fun times in the hotel because At that time, one of the funniest humans, and I'm sure he's that way as well, is Chris Marlowe. I mean, he was just cracking us up all the time. That guy gets going. Uh, It was hilarious. So it was fun to kind of bond with those guys uh, in in another situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, that Marlowe, what isn't he good at? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So... So, um, so
0: that's uh, you know, kind of the indoor experience for me and then uh, living in South Mission and hanging around with John Featherstone and Fred Featherstone and uh, playing out at Coronado Court uh, uh, we got the idea we kind of put our heads together that okay the 1973 NCAA Men's Championship is going to be in the San Diego Sports Arena why don't we establish a volleyball clinic on the beach and we will coach people uh who sign up uh for it and uh, let's do that okay well that's a great idea john and fred but how are we gonna do this well why don't we get some brochures look at a flyer that says all this and at the nc2a championship I, I don't remember the actual amount of people that came to the arena i'm saying five or six thousand people at yeah. least if not more came to San Diego sports arena to see San Diego State where they, they eventually went on to win uh, the national championship. I don't think they beat uh, Long Beach State in the finals. And so we walked up and down the aisles handing out these flyers. And uh, within a week or so, we had 60 different people that wanted to sign up for our clinic. Uh, and so that was the start of the Mission Beach Volleyball Clinic. Um, and so it was really one of the, the, the first uh, times that we started or uh, people would do uh, volleyball clinics. Mm-hmm. And John, John was the coordinator. Um, I was uh, 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 an instructor. Randy Stevenson was an instructor. Fred Featherstone, Chris Marlowe, uh, Jeff Jacobs, who played at UCLA and who was down in San Diego. And he played on that uh, 72 team when UCLA beat us. And I do have a little small plaque, like four inches by two inches that I do, I do keep on my uh, on my desk uh, of that. And Jeff and I became kind of friends, and he and his wife came over for dinner, and he saw that, and he just started laughing.
1: He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I wish I had mine. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so you want to come to my house and see mine? <laughs> so, uh, Pat did Powers. I a nature ribbing. Pat Powers recently posted that photo of a handful of you guys all at the beach and said, identify these, these characters, and um, you're in yeah. it, and Marlowe and now that I think about it, that's from that Mission Beach Volleyball clinics that yes. you guys had, yes. is that correct? Yes.
0: That's on court, Coronado Court right there, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so, so that was uh, really a fun thing to do. We had uh, two sessions. Uh, one in the morning. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at the little brochure right now. Let's see. What are the times there? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like nine to eleven in the morning and five thirty to seven thirty in the afternoon. You can either sign up for the morning session or their afternoon session. And let's see what the prices were. Um, it was thirty-two dollars for sixteen days of coaching. So it's like a dollar an hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Well. You know. From you know. Reputable, uh, award-winning coaches. So it was, it was a fun experience. Great relationships and just a, a lot of fun. And for volleyball players, where you know, this is like a part, you know, part-time summer job,
1: right? Yeah. Well, and I think about the uh, variance in the personalities of that staffing crew, and, and you know, one end of the spectrum, you got Socrates, aka Digger, and then the <laughs> other, calm, cool, collected. And then on the other end, you got Fred Featherstone, yes. who, who would have been just as successful at the, you know, working for a big brokerage firm in uh, New York yes. for in the stock market exactly. and have, have, be a millionaire by the time he was 22. Uh, yeah. Good and, stuff. And then you got Marlo, who's just a uh, laugh a minute, uh, but very bright and talented and everything else. Yeah. So, uh,
0: and, and then also, uh, we had my longtime roommate, uh, we went to high school together, he was our quarterback coach uh, at Aviation High School way back in the day he moved down to San Diego was living with us at uh, 2854 Bishop Boulevard Bobby Drawba called Bobby D and and he is a uh, he's described as a 1973 instructor Volleyball Freak <laughs> Those <raise> are
1: credentials uh, <laughs> and, if, oh. and if you knew him He would be in that category Yes. Only thing missing was uh, King Schofield yes, <laughs> Special I know. guest I know. King I know. Schofield I always want to get that name in Because I just think yeah. it's like It's like a badass western yeah. Hollywood name yeah. You know
0: Well uh and, and that reminds me, I, I want to take you back to a quick story uh, early on in Marine Street in like 1968, because that's when I was kind of st- uh, still starting to play and unrated. And you remember when I went to the tournament um, in Muscle
1: Beach and we lost uh, 15-0, 15-0. Yeah, you got double yeah, baggled uh, on the way well, to the parking uh, lot. Was one of my friends
0: that same summer uh, decided hey let's go to corona del mar uh they're having an a tournament and, and that's like an hour drive from manhattan beach and so we, we did that we went down and we and we actually made it to sunday and the guy i played with is don layman he was a good friend of king schofield and he's a good friend of mine to this day just a real artist uh musician uh philosopher kind of guy uh Really uh, fun to talk to. So so we read books and we talk all the time. But anyway, uh, we played the tournament. We got to Sunday, which is got a major thing for us. We actually beat some teams on Saturday, <laughs> and we're on <out laughs> Sunday, and we're in the losers bracket, waiting for the team to show up. And it was like a nine o'clock start. The nine o'clock c- uh, comes, and the tournament director says, "Oh, we'll wait a few more minutes." and they waited like ten more minutes. They didn't show, so they said forfeit. And Don and I are just going, great, <laughs> we got another win, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, we're kind of nobodies, and uh, we'll take every win we can get. Well, after those 10 minutes, the guys show up, and it's Bruce Donaldson uh, from Rosecrans in Manhattan Beach and Dale Hour. And they're, you know, much older than we are. They're probably 10 years older than we are. Um, and they were probably be out drinking and partying. And, and they showed up. <laughs> and the tournament director still said, no, you forfeited. And, and unless those guys, you know, they're still here. Unless those guys will play you. And they came over and begged us. And we were the young punks. And we we're going, no, you forfeited. You weren't here. We were ready. So, uh that's just kind of a funny story, at least from my point of view, of desire that we have to win at any cost, you know? And so,
1: yeah.
0: they, they, they didn't, I mean, they would have just crushed us, you know? So, uh, New speed-walking then, record. Yeah, yeah. So, that, that, that just reminded me of when you said King. I mean, you know, King would often come to come down and visit, and, you know, we're still good friends, too. So, Sweet. so um, and then that evolves into the Winston Open, which in my mind, in my memory, I think that was the first uh, professional volleyball tournament that they actually gave out money. And I can't remember how we got hooked up with Winston because uh, Winston was supporting the start of the
1: IVA, I think. Um, Anybody who can help me remember this? uh, That's all part of the uh, collective memory collaboration here. Yeah
0: and so we got hooked up with winston and they would support the tournament and they got us trunks and they had a big giant badge on it that said winston open and uh my partner jeff boyer actually had that patch and he sent me a picture of it if you're interested in it um and uh they said yeah we'll sponsor it we'll give money away uh, uh you guys just have to you know Make it okay that we can have a tournament in South Mission, and so at that time there were not tournaments on in South Mission. The only tournaments in quote in San Diego were George Stepanoff would do in quote he called the San Diego Open over in Ocean Beach. So we never had a tournament there. So I said, "Okay, what do we have to do?" Well, you have to go to the city and get it approved for the Parks and Recreation. So, before I went down to the city, because we're doing this uh, with uh, the, the Mission Beach Volleyball uh, people, John and Fred Featherstone and myself, are pretty much uh, making this happen. I went, went down the Walk Street, which is Coronado Court in San Diego, and I went to every resident there and I had them sign a petition that it was okay for us to run the tournament because people are gonna to have to park on Mission Boulevard and then walk down their street. Mm-hmm. So I got about 90% of them to say, yeah, it's fine. And then the other thing we had to do is um, we had to have a restroom. You're gonna have all these people. There's gonna be 64 people signed up in the tournament. There's no public restroom right there. You have to get a, re- a, uh, a porta potty So I went and got a porta potty At that time, there was an empty lot right near coronado court right on the strand i mean it wouldn't be empty now <laughs> because uh, that's a valuable piece of property but it w- it had ice plants and, and sand and you know and they said okay you can't put it on the strand you got to put it on the other side in that little alley there uh ocean boulevard or ocean drive i'm not sure what it- I forget what it's called in San Diego now. But anyway, that little sort of alley street there. So I put it on the other side of there. So we go ahead and uh, get the tournament approved. We run run the tournament. And uh, during the tournament, Mingus is playing, I think, with Von Hagen. I'm not sure. Halfway through the tournament, he's going to walk down to the grocery store. And he walks across this sand place to go to the bathroom and he cuts his foot on a big piece of glass. And I think he had to, like, drop out of the tournament. I've never apologized to Mingus. <laughs> I don't think it's my, necessarily my fault, but I had no idea that that would be uh, something that would happen. So yeah. that's a uh, sad story. <laughs> and if Mingus hears this, uh, he'll say, why didn't you put it somewhere else? I, we didn't have any choice. I mean, we, That's all the only way we could run the tournament. So...
1: Well, he lived a pretty good life. I'm sure he got over it.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes,
1: yes.
0: (laughs) So um, that's uh, kind of the story of the Winston Open. And... uh you know, and that ties in at the same time. I don't know if it's Winston. You know, the world championship that they did indoors at the San Diego Sports Arena, that Dennis and uh, Zulik won. Um, right over
1: Gage and Von Hagen, I recall. Yes, and you yeah, were you were yeah. officiating that because you're in some of those photos that I've seen. I think weren't you or repping or helping out? Yes, it's really that was, cool. And, and
0: that was interesting because uh, a year or so ago, uh, or ago, a couple of, uh, years ago, Dennis pointed it out to me and talking about collective memory or lapses of memory i had no memory of that <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so i must have been
0: you know inebriated or something at the time but uh, you know it wasn't that hard to re- referee uh, you know good players so uh yeah so that was a Fun deal as, it, as it, And a fun, fun memory as well
1: And didn't they also then have like San Diego State play UCLA Or somebody Or like an, an alumni team or something So there was, yeah, also, there was like a so. three ring circus With volleyball in there
0: Yes, yes, I think so I think uh, the, the arena was big enough On one side they had the sand court And then next to that They had the indoor court going on Right Yeah, so, so, so that's kind of a, a fond memory Of, uh, you know the Mission Meets Volleyball Clinic as well as uh, playing volleyball on uh, Coronado Court and, uh, you know, and lots of memories there as well of uh, guys that I hung around with and and, uh, and played with, you know. Uh, so some shout outs to Don Castor and, of course, Fred Zulik and uh, Dennis and a guy named John Holmgren. He played with us at, at San Diego State, uh, turned out to be uh, excellent uh, double-a player and then the assistant coach at San Diego State was a guy named Ray Rattel and those in the in the indoor uh, world will remember him because he went on to coach the men's team at Long Beach State um, and had great successes there and then you know some good friends also Tom Hoyer, Stu Wade uh, uh, a a guy we call Tree, uh, Craig Carlson and then his buddy JJ and, and of course Bob Mendoza and Jamie, Hart, I mean, all those people that when I think back to my time there uh, really helped uh, enrich my experiences there to
1: Mendoza. Um, that Mendoza, he's like the worst athlete in like a guy I've ever <laughs> seen in, you know, he didn't look anything like Magnum P.I., and he had, oh, like, such exactly. a puny build, and he couldn't play the, the game over the line worth a lick. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Just kidding, and, Mendoza. Yeah. Don't crush yeah. me next time I see you.
0: Yeah. And then another great player uh, uh, who was, you know, kind of a single leg player, Shambeck, uh, um, who was a great guy, and he and J.J. would play. And, of course, an O.B., um, you know, Ocean Beach, uh, that's where George Stepanoff ran things. He was like the Mike Cook of uh, of Ocean Beach. And, of course, he was instrumental in the development of beach volleyball up and down the coast. Uh, and uh, Jim Callender, they were a strong double-A team uh, when, I, when I first came down there. So I uh, always have fond memories of them. But, but speaking of George Stepanoff reminds me of... You know, when I helped organize and get the regulations and everything set for the Winston Open with the San Diego Parks and Recreation and doing the, uh, getting the porta potty and doing the petition and all that kind of stuff, we still had to officially get our tournament on the California schedule. I don't know if they were calling it then the California Beach Volleyball Association, but there was a meeting of tournament directors and it was up in Santa Monica, and so um, I got ourselves together, and we had a date picked out. And I went up to the meeting, and you know all these uh, different people there—my cook, I think George was there, and various people from from other tournaments. And so, kind of going over the schedule. And uh, I chimed up and said, yeah, you know, for the first time, we want to run this tournament. We want to run it in, uh, in South Mission. We have all the regulations. We're ready to go. So here's the date that we want. And we're kind of going back and forth on, on the dates. And, you know, I'm a young guy, and I'm probably a little bit arrogant, a little bit cocky um, at times. Uh, i trying to be uh, assertive to be able to get this going. And then, <laughs> there's a guy named Gene Selznick there. And uh, it was clear that he was sort of the unofficial runner of the meeting. Mm -hmm. And he said something to the effect, Hey, Digger... I've forgotten more about volleyball than you will ever know so just listen to me this is what the options are and so i we may have had to move our data around but i always remember that but, oh shoot i guess i over overstepped my bounds here
1: yeah and you got yeah. a swatted down by the, the ultimate king of uh, volleyball yes.
0: yes 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 good stuff yeah so um that's kind of kind of the, the evolution there and uh, as far as uh, beat volleyball but also um, so I got my AAA in 71 and then you have two, two day two years to renew it and I did not renew it but I played with some wonderful uh, guys who I have fond memories of. Probably one of the first ones that it comes to mind is Woody Brooks. Have you heard, heard of Woody
1: Brooks? Yes. You know, I remember when interviewing Mingus early on when I was learning stuff. He had mentioned that the neat thing was when you went up and down the coast to play in tournaments, that um, you know you could always crash at somebody's house, and Woody Brooks' yeah. place was one of those places. I don't know where that was. Was it Corona that he had a home or something along those lines? I think it
0: was Corona or maybe Newport, kind of just you know in that area there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, he was a great guy, and I'm not sure how we got connected, but in that era of after I got my AAA, and then maybe even after that, like in 74, but, uh, but my memory is uh, more like 72 and 3, and, and maybe 74, we, we played in tournaments, and he was a fun guy to, guy to play with, I me- but I remember playing in Hermosa, and, and uh, you know, again, his routine is, I'll meet you down there, and here's a restaurant we go to, so... You know, three eggs over easy, pancakes, uh, bacon, (laughs) just this (laughs) full thing. And this is like 15 minutes before our first match, you know. And so I had to get used to that. And also I had to get used to it because when I went down uh, to his neck of the woods and stayed with him, um, I mean, I I like to drink. But, you know, I have my limits uh, and even at, at that time. But for him, I mean, to drink a six pack the night before is like routine. I mean, what are you talking about? That's not too much, mm-hmm. okay? And so I'm down there, and i got to hang with Woody. You <laughs> know, so I'm drinking the night before. I'm eating food in the morning. What a great guy to play with. Really an excellent athlete. And uh, I remember one of the things he always said, you know, with the ball set off, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do cut shots and dink shot, shots. <laughs> and he would say, "Tigger, her from the
1: fastball. <laughs> so I, I, I remember that. Uh, so Give him the heater. A great guy to play with
0: and then uh, a guy out of san diego glenn gundert uh we played uh in, in a double a i remember in fact i was just talking to kurt Donaldson because uh he played with jeff jordan it was a double a in ocean beach must have been 73 or uh, i think it was 74 mm-hmm. um, Uh, We were the number one seed, but uh, Kurt Donaldson and Jeff Jordan beat us in the finals. So that's where Jeff Jordan got his first AAA, and same with uh, Kurt Donaldson. J, 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 J,
1: J, J, J. Yeah, that's cool. I think I remember him telling me about that.
0: Yeah. And then uh, another great guy that we've talked about before, Spike Bortz. You know, I played with him, and, I mean, he was (laughs) – Really, a guy with a lot of experience, and it wasn't until I, I kind of listened to his podcast that I realized, you know, his prowess even before uh, late '60s, late '60s is when when he was uh, getting into volleyball, and both in the indoors, um, you know, and outdoors.
1: Do you remember a place in the South Bay called Jimmer's? Called what? Jimmer's.
0: Jimmer's. He, yeah. yeah, I do.
1: Spike used to bartend there, I think, but I, I oh, think okay. he, I think he poured most of the drinks for himself, is what I heard. That can happen, yeah Yeah, that's like He just strikes me as being a real mischievous Uh, Still to this day Right up my alley Takes one to know one
0: yeah and uh you know i mean the partners uh, that i played with i've kind of mentioned before but you know king Schofield, we started out with him and jeff boyer uh was when i when my career really really took off and of course i played with john featherstone i'd mentioned that before and uh a guy named al jancy he's from san diego and ray Rattel kind of uh, hooked me up with him he was a great double a player and, and we had some fun tournaments uh it didn't really do great but uh you know really had lo- lots of fun and he's a a guy quick to laugh and smile so that was fun and then uh i had the opportunity to play with mitch malpy um after i'd got my triple a so we played in a couple local tournaments uh in the south bay ones that uh you know weren't on the official schedule uh, that came out uh for everybody up and down the coast, but there was a tournament kind of at Rosecrans and we played there and like we won the tournament and we got a dinner at Chart House. So oh. <laughs> yeah, so that would uh, that, that's as cool as it could get at that time. Uh, and then also I played uh, a tournament with Mitch and it was Saturday night and he said, Hey, Dick, I got tickets to UCLA versus Michigan in football. And Mitch Malpey was a great football player. He played at El Camino, and so this is before he, he went and uh, got the shrapnel Medal in Vietnam. Uh, but he was a great football player, and so he loved football. So he, he said, "Let's go." I said, "Sure, Mitch." <laughs> 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 Sub- Subtech, you're my idol. I'll do anything you want. Right. <laughs> so yeah, you're inviting me to go, and you got a van, and we're just gonna ride in the van. And he said, "Yeah, we got you know this other kid, you know that I know, kind of wants to come." I said, "Well, who's that?" Mike Dodd he wants to go with us oh, wow. so I mean I'm, I think I'm eight years older than Dodd or, or uh, close to us so he was a, a quote punk kid at that time riding with us uh, to go down to uh, the Coliseum in LA and, uh, and watch the football game so that was fun well, and, and, and mentioning Dodd reminds me uh, that I didn't mention about the Winston Open, because uh, I helped create the tournament board for the Open, and yeah. it was in my house in Missouri Street in Pacific Beach. And so we had some, speaking of people coming down and staying with you, uh, Mike Dodd came down and stayed with us at, uh, at our pad and some of his other friends. And it wasn't until years later, I was at UCLA doing some scouting for uh, the people that I, or the team that I was coaching at UC San Diego, the men's team, and uh, a guy walked up to me, and he goes, hey, uh, I remember years ago staying in your house for a tournament. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really recognize him. And he says, yeah, I'm John Stevenson.
1: No, that makes sense. Oh,
0: okay. So I didn't even realize early on. That those people were sort of if, if you will influenced
1: by the things that we were doing in San Diego that they came down and were part of that and then those yeah guys. he and um, they, they were the next generation too yes. that came along then after you yes yeah that's some neat stuff um, is Melpie still with us
0: I think so I tried to contact him uh, I had gotten his phone number through George Brakel uh, some years ago and George said well I mean, be patient, because he doesn't really like to talk to many people. Um, and so he is a semi-recluse, and I think he was living in Orange County somewhere. And so um, I think he's still with us, uh, but I don't know for sure. That Curious would be great. I mean, all those guys, I mean, John and Mitch and and other people that, uh, that I've mentioned, I mean, it's all part of that collective wisdom and collective knowledge that... Uh, Uh, It's really powerful to kind of put it all together. It's like a big puzzle, you know, a jigsaw (laughs) puzzle we're kind of putting together here.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay, so I've got a Voguey story for you.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah, let's hear (laughs) this. Is (laughs) is it PG rated or what? (laughs) uh,
0: This is about 1970 or 1971. Uh, King Schofield and I, Warren King Schofield, signed up to play in the Manhattan Beach Open. Uh-huh. Uh, you know we're locals. We're here. Let's go ahead and play. Um, and so we were in the losers bracket, and we had a match against Vogel, Sang, and Wilt Chamberlain. It's a doubles turn. Yeah. Now you, you've heard our, our passion for, for winning. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, you're gonna forfeit. We don't care. You know <laughs> that, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So uh, we're we're playing him, and of course King and I. You know the strategy is not real tough serve will every ball because we both could serve really well so so we're serving on the ball bouncing off him and going into the crowd and stuff you know um, and so you know we we're way ahead and, and, and Vogie uh, when they earn the serve takes the ball walks up to the net and looks at it and goes quit serving him serve me will you please <laughs> of course we did not we kept serving Will, and we won the match. So we we have a victory against Will Chamberlain and Logie. but I always remember shaking hands with Will afterwards, who was really a nice guy. I mean, if he was still with us, we would be on first name basis because I'd seen him in tournaments and stuff, uh, and in six man tournaments as well. Um, and so I remember shaking hands with him and saying to myself, "Gosh, his fingers are like big carrots. You know, they're like yeah. that big, just dwarfed, uh, you know, my hand." But the most memorable thing is just, you know, what a great guy he was. And uh, really kind of a, yes, confident, but um, respectful and, uh, if you will, at times a humble guy.
1: That's what I've heard. But it's neat that you uh, have those stories to say that you got to hang out with a, uh, and play against and beat a, a legend. And I'm not talking yeah, so. about just Vogie here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right, yeah. So, so, uh, You know, it was a pleasure playing with uh, Mitch Malpey, and then uh, I had the the honor of playing with uh, John Gonzalez. And here I am, you know, having a chance to play with my idols. Uh, Growing up at Marine Street and and seeing them in the 1970, uh, you know, Manhattan Beach Open and stuff, so I had a chance to play with uh, John Gonzalez. And we played in the uh, Corona Open, and we were in the losers bracket. And I, I think this was the Open that Von Hagen and Bergman lost the first round um and so they were coming to the losers bracket so we came up and, and played uh, them and when you ask me you know maybe at the end you know who my favorite players are or most impressed with um uh, we were uh, playing against them and uh, who do you serve oh my god <laughs> or von hagen who do you serve right well it quickly turned out that von hagen was a little bit off and so we were serving him and john is a great server and i had my serve going too and uh, I have memories of us serving Von Hagen, he's playing on the right side, and he is passing the ball, there's not big crowds there, but if there were crowds, into the crowds, the right side of of, uh, of the court where he is. And so we're, we're thinking every time we do that, oh God, we may even like win a point here. But no, Bergman comes out of nowhere and not just gets the ball, but sets Von Hagen right on the freaking net when you can't go over, and he is putting the ball away and time and time again, because of how excellent of a uh, player that Bergman was. So yes, I'll, I'll always remember Bergman for his hitting, but his overall game was just outstanding. So yeah, so that's yeah. So they ended up beating us, but um, that's no uh, disgrace to lose to those guys. But I always remember. Yes, we all know Von Hagen's fantastic, but he was off a little bit uh, with his passing, and Bergman wouldn't have it. I mean, he was just. Uh, maniacal about you know getting the ball and setting it right on the net yeah and then uh, just a couple of the partners i told you that i did play in a double a with mike cook um you know he and i went down to sereno and we didn't play very well but it was fun playing with him and then, uh have the opportunity to play with chris marlowe in like uh, 73 or 74 marine street and we didn't play we maybe it's more me didn't play particularly well and um but that, that was a fun experience. But but here is a story that uh, I always remember. Maybe it was a 73 or 74, I, I get them you know, confused. That I went down to Marine Street, now, I'm living in San Diego, but my mom was still in Manhattan Beach, so I'd come up and hang out there as well. And so I, I went down to Marine Street. I did not have a partner in Marine Street open. I didn't have a partner. And so my cook says, okay, well, I'll, I'll keep my ears open. And then uh, this guy comes down and in the volleyball world everybody knows who this guy is Gene Fluger comes down mm. and he's tri- he's triple A he's been to finals of opens and uh, he may have even won opens uh, you know he's from Sereno and so we play together and we win uh, our first couple of matches pretty handily and uh, then we're playing against this team Gage and Zulik and it's the best two out of three
1: mm-hmm
0: and two out of three to eleven in those days uh uh you know, and so first game 11-0 we win
1: Wow! So, so
0: I will always remember I beat Zulik <laughs> and I beat uh, Gage 11-0 well it's the best 2 out of 3 so uh, we end up losing the match but I, and I can't remember what the other scores were but they, they, they sort of woke up I guess uh, or, or we faded maybe a combination of the two so uh, that's a fun experience for, for me to remember
1: absolutely uh, I've always heard uh, fluger was just a phenomenal all-around athlete was great runner uh, skier uh, volleyball player whatever he did he was really good he was also a ph- fantastic bowler uh, but did he have some uh, interesting like when I heard when he after he would pass and he'd run into the net to hit he had like a an interesting mannerism where he kind of flicked his arms or his wrists a little yes. bit before he yes. jumped up and yeah. hit. Can you explain that for us, for those who well, didn't well, see I it mean, or remember it?
0: I couldn't really draw a picture of it right now, but now that you mention it, I remember him You know, being a little bit odd. I mean, it wasn't a major uh, thing that you look at and say, man, that's really weird, but you would notice it, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> you'd also notice the result.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, he could spank the ball as well as anybody, you know. So that was, uh, you know, amazing for him.
1: This wraps up part two of our three part interview with Digger Graybill. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to visit our website, gods to ghost.com. We also have a YouTube page, which is Gods to Ghost Volleyball. And we also have a page on Facebook, which is Gods to Ghost Volleyball. Thanks again for listening. Stay tuned for part three with The Digger.